<laughs> Can you gatekeep crime from everybody? From everyone so that there's just no. <gasps> if I'm a big enough solved crime. If I'm a big enough girl boss, I can. <laughs> Welcome back to the Bug and a Rug podcast. As always, my name's Caitlin. As usual, I'm Whitney. And today we are bringing you another story that may or may not keep you up at night. Hopefully by the end of it we will all still be able to sleep as snug as a bug in a rug. But only time shall tell. Only time. But before we get started, I've had a special request. Oh. By a dear, dear friend. Oh boy. (laughs) Her name is Monica. She just wanted me to mention her in the podcast. So thanks for listening, Monica. I hope you hear this. <laughs> I miss you. We have plans to FaceTime soon, or we have plans to make plans to FaceTime soon. Uh, that's about it. Uh, okay. Are you done? <laughs> yes. I'm done. That's all. She I'm just was. kidding. Hi, Monica. We we do love you. Mm-hmm. Um, we love all of our fans. Yeah, but especially her. Wait, no. <laughs> wait, no, we love you all equally. No, wait, come back. I'm sorry. I mean, it's true, though. I didn't have an intro plan, so I guess that's as good as any. Sure, let's go. Let's just get started. Let's roll right into it. You know, why not? Why not? Uh, I, I'd like to start with a question. Okay, and I will start with an answer. What was your first job? That I got paid to do? It's uh, up to your interpretation. Um, I volunteered at an animal shelter. That was probably like the first thing that I had that I went in and had a job and did the job and then left. How old was you? Uh, high school. Yeah. Freshman. Maybe. I think some people, a lot of people worked at like, uh, Dairy Queen. Yeah. Oh, Dairy Queen was a big one. Yeah. I worked, I worked at the bank. In my very first day, my very first job, I got robbed. But that's a story for another day. But that's day. a story for a bank heist part two episode. Yeah, that's not why I've gathered you all here today. <laughs> oh my god, what a segue! <laughs> I I was I experienced a robbery, and now I'm about to rob you. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> of your peace of mind, peace of mind, of your good slumber mm-hmm. hours. That, yeah. Because listen i, I just took a you. quick 20 minute nap before this so i'm okay for a little bit good i'm glad someone power napped <laughs> i started writing this story last night i was like oh this topic haha this could be fun got about a third of the way through went oh god this is not fun yeah and i had to put it down until today okay and i don't think cooper just ate a piece of cat fur off the floor but that's <laughs> and now we're back here today <laughs> and, now we're and this back story today. is so horrendous that it will make me eat it's gonna make you cat feel, fur it's gonna make you feel like you just ate some cat fur <laughs> off the floor <laughs> and i don't know what that means to you. wait pause let me go do that so i know what's coming up <laughs> what to expect i'll leave that up to your interpretation as well okay anyway why does why did you ask me about my first job <laughs> because for the kids in our story, this was their first job. Oh, I think my first job was really just bringing the good looks to the family, you know? <laughs> Not entirely appropriate for what I'm about to tell you, but that's fine. <laughs> okay, well, I'll edit it out. <laughs> 
We always say, well, the great personality. My first job was, you know, uh, carrying the humor of the family. It made my back yeah. real tired, real sore. Didn't get paid enough, nearly enough for that. Anyway. For 17-year-old Jennifer Harbison and 17-year-old Eliza Thomas, their first job was at the I Can't Believe It's Yogurt Shop in Hillside Strip Mall in the 2,900 block of West Anderson Lane in Austin, Texas in 1991. You did text me and say yogurt or ice cream. I said, <laughs> yeah, I said yogurt, weirdly. I don't I, know. I did. I, I wonder like, why there's gogurt in our fridge that I need to eat. Well, this is not a gogurt tale. Well, I know, but gogurt, go- yogurt, or it's a lateral move. A- <laughs> is it? No, I don't think so. I think Gogurt Gogurt is a step up from yogurt, mm-hmm. but a step down from frozen yogurt. Yeah, which you're I, right. Which Because you can, but you can freeze Gogurt. Anyway, it doesn't matter. They worked in an I Can't Believe It's Yogurt. Right, which every time I typed it, I was typing I Can't Believe It's, it's not, not Yogurt. yogurt? <laughs> yeah, I thought that too. I thought that too. Because of the butter, you know? <laughs> I do know. I do know. <laughs> so anyway, I did have to look it up. It is a Froyo situation. Okay. Uh, oh, now I really want some frozen yogurt. Now I really want some frozen yogurt, and I knew this would happen. Yeah. So you brought me some? So this is why we have gogurt in our house. I was <laughs> just kidding. You bought that. <laughs> anyway, I think I'd like a, I think I would like frozen yogurt as a job. Not being frozen yeah, yogurt, but like I think retail it. is tough. Yeah, but ju- Like saying, no matter what you're selling. If I had to do something, I think frozen yogurt because I could eat it. Yeah, that's true. You get a discount at least. At yeah. At least. I yeah. would eat so much frozen yogurt. Yeah, for sure. But anyway... Uh, so Jennifer Harbison and Eliza Thomas, both 17, both working yeah. what I believe is their first job at the frozen yogurt okay. place. This frozen yogurt place in Austin, Texas. The year is 1991. So the store where Jennifer and Eliza worked closed every day at 11 p.m. Yeah. On the night of December. In a mall? It's in a mall? Uh, It's in like a strip, strip mall. mall. So okay, I okay, think okay, it's okay, like okay. All the outside. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. got it. So, on the night of December 6th, Jennifer's 15-year-old sister, Sarah Harbinson, Harbinson, and 13-year-old Amy Ayers stopped by the shop around 10 p.m. to get some Froyo and get a ride home with Jennifer. Uh, the girls planned on having a slumber party. Sure. So, Jennifer's old enough to drive. She's going to drive them all home. They're going to have a sleepover. Oh, my God. That's kind of late. Um, wait, what year was this? 91. Okay. What do you mean? Well, I was like, that's kind of young for a 15 and a 30, like, at 10 p.m. with their mom do, drop them off at, like, 6. You know what I mean? They I walked mean, around the strip mall or whatever, but... They were. They, yeah, they were and if there's nothing the else to do... And you know, the other video girls... Video games weren't really that much of a thing. <laughs> the other girls don't get off work till 11. Yeah. So... No, I got which you. does seem late for 17-year-olds to be working, but... It's a neither here nor there. Yeah. It is. They it needed is that cash, cash money. Yeah. So the girls plan on having a slumber party. Frozen yogurt in a slumber party sounds like... A dream. Yep. But yep. that's for another day. That's what I want to do for my birthday party. Okay. Cool. Consider it done. <laughs> okay. I'll plan it for the next couple months. Um, it'll be a surprise frozen gogurt and slumber yes. party. Yes! Oh, we're just going to stay home and eat gogurt? Oh, any other day. <laughs> I'm absolutely fine with that. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, anyway. About an hour before closing, like I said, the girl, the younger two girls, Sarah and Amy, had just come into the shop. Mm-hmm. They were getting some frozen yogurt. There was also a man who came in and was, like, kind of causing problems in line. Okay. Just, like, making people uncomfortable. uncomfortable. Yeah. And he was, like, trying to pass people. It was kind of a weird situation. Yeah. It's not really clear. It's but just he, frozen yogurt. Calm down. It's just frozen yogurt. Calm down. 
But he was like, I just want the bathroom key. Give me the bathroom key. Don't give him the bathroom key. So they gave him the bathroom key. No! No. Sir, we're closing in 30 minutes. You can't shit that quickly. You're not allowed to have this bathroom key. I don't know. They gave it to him. No! No! So he goes to the back, and he takes a while. Nobody really says, like, how long. He's actually... Wait, no, it's yogurt. No, he's lactose intolerant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's dairy. It's still dairy. (laughs) Hey, I would know. It's still dairy. (laughs) Right. Okay, so he went to the bathroom. Right, and... So everybody left? Uh, no. Like, I mean, he eventually came back. Okay. And there were a couple other, like, people in the store. So this is, like, from 10 p.m. on. Okay. Um, there's a couple that left the shop just before closing that noted Jennifer locked the door behind them to make sure no one else came in. Yeah, sure. Which is what you do when it's closing time. Yeah. Uh, you can let people out but not in. However, they these this couple noted that there were two men sitting at a table still inside that were acting a little shady, like... They weren't drawing attention to themselves, but they were clearly trying not to draw attention to themselves. Right, and it's also like, now you're just being a rude customer, bottom line, you need to leave, it's 11 p.m. Right, but also they were like, clearly trying to make it so people didn't pay attention to them. Yeah. Um, There's no specifics given other than, like, they were It was weird. It was really weird. Yeah. Uh, one of them was described as having lighter hair, maybe like a dirty blonde, about five foot six in his late twenties or early thirties. The other was a bigger man. Both were wearing big coats. One was a green army kind of looking jacket, and the other was wearing a black jacket. Okay. There's no specifics on which one is which. Okay. This is like the best details people it's can kind of get. Probably dark out. Yeah, and they were like leaving, yeah. looking back in through the windows. So the couple left the shop. The door was locked behind them. They noticed there were still some people inside uh, besides just the girls. Sure. The next person to take notice of the shop that evening was around midnight when a night patrolman police officer reported seeing a fire inside the shop. Oh, God. Yeah. So this is an hour later. Yeah. Uh, First responders rushed to the scene and discovered something truly horrific. How does a fire start in a frozen yogurt shop? They wanted to nuke it. In the microwave. <laughs> I would like frozen soup. <laughs> it's like when you go to Subway and they're like, you, the, do you want your sub heated? Except yeah. they did that at the frozen yogurt shop. Would you like, would you like your yogurt toasted? I don't know. <laughs> okay, anyway, I'm uncomfortable because you said something truly horrific oh, was found. It's about to get bad. Okay. If you are sensitive, which I am, skip ahead. <laughs> Okay, that's the end of the story. That's it. You made it. Good job. We just have to, as what, on TikTok, what is it? As empaths, we have to feel how you feel through the rest of the story to just figure out what happened. I will leave it up to interpretation. <laughs> so, oh, no. Uh, first responders arrive on the scene and... Was they- it a big fire? Uh, not really. Not yeah. from what I can like see. The whole shop was like on fire. Like, they could see a fire inside. Got it. Okay. So they get inside and they find Jennifer, Eliza, Sarah, and Amy murdered in cold blood. Yep. Dead. Yep. Which is what murdered means. The girls had all been stripped nude and shot in the head with a 22 caliber bullet. Sarah's hands were tied behind her back with a pair of panties and she had been gagged and raped. Jennifer was not bound, but her hands were behind her back. Eliza's hands were tied behind her back and she had also been gagged. All three of those girls were severely charred and shot in the backs of their heads, execution style. 
Amy's body was found separately from the other three in the shop. She was not charred, but had received some second and nearly third degree burns. So the other girls okay. were like... In the fire. Blackened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the blaze. Right. She had some second, nearly third degree burns over 25 to 30% of her body, which oh, is a third of her. Yeah. Uh, fourth to a third of her. Uh, she was found with a sock-like cloth around her neck and had been shot like the others. The first bullet that was aimed at her, however, missed her brain and just went through her skull. Mm -hmm. The second bullet did cause severe brain damage and grazed her lateral cheek and her jawline. So I think it like kind of cut across. Sure. During the investigation, it was thought that the girls had been stacked together and that it had been Sarah and Eliza on the bottom and then Amy and then Jennifer. But that... Amy had still been alive at oh, some point and tried to, like, crawl, and tried to crawl away, okay. which knocked Jennifer's body off the top of the pile. Okay. Um, and that's also why she was found away from the away. others sure. and not as charred as the others. Okay. Three. Yeah. Now I'll post, I found a diagram of this from a, okay. uh, like a crime blog where mm-hmm. they kind of drew where they would have been sure. in the shop. Sure. So I'll post that because I know it's kind of a little weird to explain. Yeah. On the girls' autopsy reports, it showed high levels of BTU output, which suggested that an accelerant was probably used in the fire. Okay. So, like gasoline yeah. or whatever. It was thrown on them and then... Right. And sure. then they were lit on fire. Yeah. The investigation at the scene showed that the back door had been propped open at some point of the night. When he went to the... Yeah. Gash dang bathroom. Some people think that it was the man who went to the bathroom who had propped it open. Yep. Premeditated. Mm-hmm. Like, this was a planned attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people disagreed with this and thought that it was a robbery because $540 was missing from the store after this. No. There was kind of a debate. So was this a robbery gone wrong? Was this premeditated attack on the girls and they took the money as an yes. afterthought? And I w- think that's probably. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense to be like, this is a robbery. I get it if you're like, we're robbing them. They're fighting back. You know, there's four girls in there, you mm-hmm. know, and they're having an attitude. And we shoot them and run. But to, like, this is a robbery. Like, there's nobody there. Why would you need to take hostages? You know, yeah. like, why would you need to tie them up? And Just grab the money to the cash register and leave. At least two of the girls were raped. Right. And I say like, at that least two because they couldn't necessarily tell with them. Yeah. So, I don't. Yeah. Definitely. I think the stolen money was the second point. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. I and also where are you getting accelerant yeah. to light a body on fire in a right. frozen yogurt shop? Right. Right. They had to have had that. Yeah, it had to have they had to have brought it with them. So. Yeah. Uh, now the phones at the police station rang off the hook with tips flooding in. Mm-hmm. The investigators became understandably overwhelmed because they were confronted with 342 suspects yeah. and dozens of false confessions to yeah. the crime. A number of suspects were questioned in the initial investigation by lead detective John Jones and his partner Mike Huckabee, including a 15-year-old boy caught with a 22 caliber gun in a nearby mall a few days after the murders. He initially gave promising information implicating himself and three other friends in the attack, but officials discovered he was they thought he was trying to get out of the gun charge. 
Because, like, he was caught with a gun. And yeah. then he's like, oh, yeah, and I killed those girls. Yeah. And so they're like, well, maybe he's trying to somehow get out of, like, say that we tricked him into saying this and then he'll get out of okay. their charge, too. It was, like, confusing. Yeah. But basically, they realized he was not telling the truth, so they let him go. And the other three suspects, they didn't even were like, yeah. okay, clearly this guy was Lying. making it up. Yeah. Uh, all, all four of those boys would have been under 18 years old. So the oldest was 17 that right. he was talking about. Okay. Several years later, however, a new detective took up the case and theorized that those four teens may, in fact, have been credible suspects. Mm-hmm. He said they were all now in their 20s, but after a string of interrogations, confessions were obtained from two of the four men. Yeah. No real record was kept in the 1991 or- original questionings. Yeah. I mean, of- I guess if they thought nobody was... A promising right. suspect in the end, they're like, oh, yeah. this led nowhere. Right. Yeah. So the problem with this became nobody knew what the original detectives had said to the boys. Yeah. Because if they say, oh, well, we knew that it wasn't gasoline, it was this type of right. lighter fluid mm-hmm. that was used in the body, but did, did the detectives say that in the original interrogation right. and then they just remembered that? Mm-hmm. Or... Are they really the only ones that know that because they were there? Exactly. So that really became the problem. Can you take their confessions as credible, which with they either know because they were there mm-hmm. and they're going to change their story on purpose so it looks like they weren't there, mm-hmm. or were they not there mm-hmm. and you have old details that they were given not knowing how important it was yeah. when they were, invest- or when they right. were interrogated the first right, time. Right, right, right. So, basically, this became a, uh, an issue, um, but they did obtain two confessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, they took two the two men to trial that they got confessions from, and they were super sloppy about it. It was real frustrating to read mm-hmm. about. Basically, the prosecution painted a gruesome and horrific picture of the crime mm-hmm. and said, well, this is what they said they did to these girls, and this yeah. is how we found the, their bodies, but they it- didn't have any hard evidence yeah. to tie him to the case. And it's super tough, too, because, like, I have listened to so many stories where um, the police got them to say stuff by means that... Not saying that these guys were shady, but, like, you, we, aren't, we weren't there. Mm-hmm. So you don't know right. if they meant it or what they meant or what they didn't mean. Who are these boys? How intelligent are they? Did they get confused? Were they coerced into saying anything? Mm-hmm. Did they think it was cool? Did they want, you know, a reputation? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know. And without that evidence, you can't. I mean, sometimes you can convict, but I feel like it's hard. As a jury member, just a confession from everything that I've ever listened to and read about true crime, I don't think that would be enough for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, they painted a picture and said, well, here we have these like clear confessions um the ones the people that were taken into custody and then put on trial i should say i do have their names Mm -hmm. so the the in 1999 this is when they were taken into custody Mm -hmm. it was forrest welburn michael scott not the same as the office (laughs) robert springsteen and maurice pierce Mm -hmm. again the same ones that had been questioned eight days after the murders themselves right um Michael Scott is one of the ones who confessed to the killings, and he said, I wasn't alone. Uh, These are the other people that were with me. Yeah. Uh, And Robert Springsteen also 
confessed to killing the girls and raping one of them. Mm -hmm. So this is where they took them and said, we're taking you to trial. Yeah. Now, the problem with this, again, you don't know what they knew from before, but with the prosecution just using their confessions as evidence... They were basically using excerpts from each person's confession. Mm -hmm. And they did get convictions on both of these boys, but they were quickly overturned because of the confrontation clause. Okay. Which I didn't know what this was, and I looked it up. It's basically part of the Sixth Amendment. It takes part of English common law Mm -hmm. that says you cannot cross-examine, you have to be able to cross-examine witnesses. Mm -hmm. And if you're saying that my buddy who's also on trial is a witness, I should be able to interrogate him as Mm -hmm. part of my trial, and you should be able to interrogate me as part of his trial, Mm -hmm. but then they'd be implicating themselves, so then it's like pleading the And you can't do that, because, yeah. Right. Because then you're you're throwing yourself under the bus. And if that's the the only evidence is, well, his friend said he did it, then that doesn't make any sense. Right. Interesting. And and then apparently this confrontation clause also has to do with Roman law, which guarantees a person's person's accused of a crime the right to look their accuser in the eye. So you can't say, well, me and my buddy did this, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to sit in the courtroom while you try him yeah. and not expect it to affect my trial. Right. Like, it just doesn't... It was Yeah, all I mean, confusing. it makes sense, because if if I am saying... If I'm admitting to a, a crime, and you're admitting to a crime, mm-hmm. and I say you did it with me, and you say I did it with you, uh, as a part of your defense, your defense is you can't... Like you said, you can't implicate yeah. yourself. So if they're putting me as a witness on your trial and they're saying well you were there mm-hmm. well well i mean yes but no cuz i can't implicate myself right. as part of my defense yeah so you can't do that and i guess if they were the only two that were confessing to it then you really have no evidence yeah yeah they couldn't pin anything on wellburn yeah uh they tried and they ended up dropping charges on him because they just didn't have anything that would stick yeah the boys like i said springsteen and scott scott they were tried convicted and then overturned based on the confrontation clause yeah that was in 2009 they basically said okay we can't count this Mm -hmm. and they also among during this process were going to retry them Mm -hmm. but then they did forensic dna testing that Mm -hmm. basically showed neither of them was anywhere (gasps) near the scene really what about the other two uh it cleared the names of the other two men as well interesting and they they were never tried in court anyway yeah um and it well yeah but like if you find that evidence and then they're that's linking them to the crime scene right. and then you can re-go back and re-interrogate exactly. them. So they basically said they got out and the prosecution's like we vow we are taking you back to trial and they're like but 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 the DNA evidence shows it we wasn't weren't us. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And freed the other guys and then there was suspicions that the confessions were coerced after one of the detectives Hector Polanco was accused of pulling false confessions from other notorious cases. Mm-hmm. This guy was messed up. He pulled like confession, false confessions from Christopher Ochoa, O-C-H-O-A, and Richard Dangzinger. And Dangzinger ended up spending 13 years in jail and was attacked while he was in prison mm-hmm. and ended up with permanent brain damage. Mm-hmm. And he was innocent. Like they, yeah. weren't, they weren't... Well, that's what I was saying before. Like as a jury member, I don't think just a confession would do it like I would need some sort yeah. of evidence 
or even even um, with circumstantial evidence, but it doesn't right. even sound like they had any of that. The only other thing that they had was one of them was found with a gun, gun. that was right. the same caliber. But if you can, okay. Yeah, but like, yeah, I mean... That's not enough. No. But... And that's, like, that's what... I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've heard a lot of stories of true crime where, you know, the police coerce people into saying things because mm-hmm. they're young kids. Like, they're young kids. Yep. Some of the ones I've listened to, their IQ is very low, mm-hmm. so they just get convinced of certain things. They'll keep them there for hours. Like, not Make that this happens tired, every time. Like, I'm... Them food. Right. Yeah. Like, like, I'm not saying this is an every time thing, but... Just having a confession is very iffy for me personally because mm-hmm. of just this. Yeah. Like, there's, who knows? Yeah. And it, all it takes is one one little piece of evidence that nobody else knows that the, the interrogator just sprinkles in there. You know what I mean? And then he's yeah. like, oh, you knew You're that? You're planting it. Yeah. Right, basically. Uh, the Texas court... Even though they overturned the convictions, they did this fun little thing where they said, we're not compensating you for anything that you went through because you technically didn't prove that you didn't do it. I'm like, (laughs) that doesn't make any sense. You said I didn't do it. There's DNA evidence that says I did it. Right. Anyway, so those those people were basically cleared of the crime. Yeah. Uh, I will also say Maurice Pierce, the fourth one, Mm -hmm. uh, he was cleared because his gun, hair, and fingerprints didn't match the crime scene after they started looking into him. Mm -hmm. Uh, But on December 23rd, 2010, Austin police officer Frank Wilson and rookie partner Bradley Smith were conducting a traffic stop on a vehicle driven by Mr. Pierce, and uh, it turned into a brief foot pursuit where Pierce began struggling with Officer Wilson. Pierce pulled out a knife and stabbed the officer in the neck, Wilson then pulled his gun and shot and killed Maurice. Uh, the officer survived his injuries, but there was no determination as to... Oh, but then, like, eventually, obviously, he was cleared of the other crime. So it was right. like, I don't think it was connected to the traffic stop, but people, like, probably knew who he yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. But this was, like, later on. Austin, Texas? Mm-hmm. I don't know. There seems, like, to be a lot of people there. I mean, they probably know of them as police officers, I don't but... think these were related necessarily. The one resource that I had found had said, this traffic stop happened and it was never figured out whether he was innocent or guilty of the murders. But then the other resource said, no, the DNA evidence clearly proved yeah. he was innocent. Right, so right. I don't know if he was cleared before after, or after. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. The other theory that went around during this time was that a local serial killer had committed the crimes okay. by the name of Kenneth Allen McDuff. McDuff was a Texas serial killer who was suspected of at least 14 murders. He killed three teens on August 6, 1966, named Robert Brand, Mark Dunham, and Edna Lewis Sullivan. These killings were called the broomstick murders because Edna's neck was broken with a broomstick Jesus. and then she was repeatedly raped. My God. Yeah, he was a nasty boy. No relation to Hillary in any way. McDuff. Oh, I thought his last name was just Duff. <laughs> nope. Uh, he was sentenced to death, but his sentence was changed. No to relation the- to the crime dog. That's better. The gruff. I like that. <laughs> you can take out the Hillary part. Don't embarrass yourself. <laughs> so, okay, so he was... Go ahead. He, he was given the death sentence, but eventually they changed it to life without parole because the su- Supreme Court ab- abolished the death penalty. Due to prison overcrowding, he was paroled in 1989. <gasps> what the hell? 
Yeah. What? So, so those killings were 66. He was paroled in 89. Oh, like 1966? Yeah. Oof. So, okay. so then it was believed. Wait, and then they died in 1991. 91, yeah. So it was believed he committed several other murders, including Melissa Ann Northup, a 22-year-old Texan in 1992, and he evaded capture for several years before they finally took him into custody and put him back on death row, which I don't know. Just for her murder? Like the 1992? They think he did several others. But but goes convicted of that. Right. And they can't prove whether or not he... What? DNA? Can they not? Killed these people. Um, Basically, in 1998, the day of his execution, he confessed to the yogurt shop murders. Mm -hmm. But it... But is it true or not? He was going to die anyway. He was, so like he was trying to get them to go. Wait, 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 <gasps> wait, wait, wait. We need more information. We need more information. Right? Okay. And they were like, "No, we're going to kill you anyway." Exhume the body. Yeah. So they basically collected fingerprints and hair after they killed him. Yeah. <laughs> I well, think. yeah. Or they used his fingerprints, and they probably already had his hair. Yeah. But they ruled him out. He wouldn't <gasps> have been it really. Have been yeah. Hmm. So, basically, then you're left with a cold case. Yeah. And at the time, after so many years, you can't reopen a cold case until 2021, where House Judiciary Committee passed a new legislation that gives the families of cold case victims the opportunity to petition the federal government to open cases that are older than three years. (laughs) So, they're able to now go back if they get, if they're... I mean, there's a lot of cold cases. Yeah, but yeah, But this yeah. is something they could go back and reopen. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to remain unsolved. Right. I, I will say over 52 customers who were thought to be in the shop that day were questioned mm-hmm. uh, and interviewed multiple times, but yeah. they were never able to track down or identify the two men that were described as sitting in the shop. Like, yeah, after. were those not the any of the boys? Oh, I guess not, because no. they weren't... Hmm. Nobody can match the description. Were they real, or are the customers... Let's look into that last couple that left. Huh? How about that? Oh, maybe so. How about that? They just made it up. Maybe so. I don't know. How about that? I didn't think about that. Yeah. That's a good point. And somebody just made it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, we saw two guys there. Mm -hmm. This is what they looked like. Yeah. Well, you sound like trusting people. You seem like a sweet old couple. Mm -hmm. And I guess if anybody that was in the shop that day... I mean, it's hard, right? Because if anybody was in that shop the day and then took fingerprints and DNA, you could be like, well, yeah, I bought yogurt. But I was there. I bought yogurt. <laughs> like, I bought yogurt. I was there for the fro-yo. Yeah. Yo. Interesting. Uh, these murders obviously shook Austin to its core. Mm-hmm. The then-mayor called it, quote, the crime where Austin lost its innocence. Yeah. Many began to question the safety of their city following these attacks. Although the shop has now changed to a nail salon, there is a plaque in the parking lot under an oak tree that memorializes the girls and kind of reminds everybody, hey, this is still unsolved. Right, right, right. I mean, there's more information about this as, like, unidentified customers and, like, maybe other theories but mostly when you look it up it's those four boys and the serial killer and we don't Nobody. know who the shady guys were yeah yeah uh if you have any more information that would help with this investigation there's a number on this crime blog that you can call mm-hmm. it's 512-472-TIPS I don't know exactly where that sends you to, but it's one of the numbers for cold cases that oh, are... Oh, it could be... Yeah, it, was, it could be a cold case mm-hmm. line, an Austin line. could be a line set up specifically for this case. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It could be could be anything. It could be a Domino's pizza. could be a Domino's pizza. It could be a I can't they believe it's yogurt. They send you a pizza in exchange for information. If it's not yogurt... If you can't believe it's yogurt, what do they think it is? No. Ice cream? Probably. Gogurt? 
Gogurt. Don't sew Gogurt short like that. <laughs> no, I but I don't listen. I don't understand. <laughs> I think it's like an ice cream thing, right? Because frozen yogurt's supposed to be like a healthy dessert. I guess. So I assume ice cream. I don't know. Yeah. My point is, no one knows who did this crime. Right. And they set fire in a frozen yogurt shop, which I think is in itself a crime. It yeah. It is arson. But besides <laughs> that. So it is. So it is. Besides that, it's rude. Yeah. And I started writing this story and was like, haha, frozen yogurt murder. And then I was like, oh, wait, this yeah. is really dark and twisty. I think I've heard of this one before. Like, I had Just the general gist. Yeah. Um, and it's sad because you're, I mean, what, the two places you think you're fairly safe mm-hmm. is your house and... Frozen yogurt shop. A frozen yogurt shop. Well, I was going to say, like, your job, for the most part, right, depending on what mm. job you have... But, like, in you're working at a frozen yogurt shop. Like, yeah. who would have thought you're 17 years old and younger? Like, mm-hmm. who? Why? And why? It's such a crazy crime. And for what purpose? Would you get, like... Not $540. Yeah. Like, there's no way. Yeah, I just... I mean, it goes back to one of those things, like, people who murder people. Like, I just don't get it. Like, I don't... That's probably good. Yes. I'm glad I don't get it. But, like, I just don't get it. I don't know. I feel like there was some... There was some motivation behind this. I mean, obviously, like, either sexual or mm-hmm. just violent yeah. or whatever. It was clearly more than one person. Yeah. Like, obviously more than yeah, one person. Yeah, I think so. I think whoever propped the back door open was an issue. Now, whether it was that guy who went to the bathroom, whether one of the girls did it because it was hot in there or something, I mean, mm-hmm. it's frozen, you get stick your head in the freezer. But you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't know. We don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Um... And I don't know if we'll ever know what happened with these murders. Mm-hmm. I think that as DNA evidence is present, they can keep putting it into a database. They might get another hit. Yeah, it's but, tough, though, because it was, what, 91? 30, 30 years ago. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, you, So whoever did it could just be dead. Now. But like, sometimes you can put DNA into a database and find yeah, relatives from crimes from Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. But also, it, I mean, it's got mad serial killer vibes. but Or I don't think a gang. Maybe a gang. I don't know. It could I, be. I feel like my problem with this was the mayor's comment about how, like, this is the, this is the one that got him. Like, yeah. rocked Austin. Like, I understand it's four teenage girls, but you can't tell me that this city wasn't already having a crime problem. Yeah, that's, I mean, you already, I mean, you said that that one guy was already committing murders way before, way before 91. Yeah. So. (laughs) Like, you have, you clearly have serial killers in town. Yeah, and I think, I mean. Was it the I don't know, I think it's just the the whole thing is kind of a huge and the reason that it's not solved is probably a huge problem as well like they didn't even have leads really no and can you imagine how overwhelming 342 like tips yeah for suspects would be in a 91 like they didn't have the technology that we do today no not, i mean it would be almost impossible to do it today but you would have more technology to mm-hmm. be, keep track of certain things then it's what you write it down on a notepad or type it into Clippy? Maybe. <laughs> and then on top of that, you have people just 
pissed yeah. that you're not figuring it out. Yeah. Like, it's not necessarily... I don't know with the investigators. I can't say it's not necessarily their fault. But when you're that overwhelmed, you can't tell me their task force wasn't spread thin yeah. with other crimes that they were working on. Right. It's not like this was their sole focus. And then you have all these pieces you're trying to investigate. Mm-hmm. Stuff had to have slipped through the cracks. Yeah. I'd be really interested to see people go back and look through this now. Mm-hmm. Maybe they will at some point, especially mm-hmm. since 21, they, yeah. 2021, they uh, changed the law to allow for cold cases to be reopened. But, yeah. And I don't know how long it was that way, because, I mean, obviously, they re-looked into it in 99. Well, but, they had more evidence yeah so that's probably why they looked into it then yeah but anyway i yeah i mean the the big hope it seems like from reading the crime blog that i pulled some of this information from is that eventually the dna from the scene will get a match on get a match with somebody yeah because i mean that's in a database somewhere that when they run people through if Mm -hmm. it if it matches any of the cold cases it's gonna come up yeah yeah, but maybe true. they were really careful. I mean, I don't know. Doubt it. Doesn't sound like it. It doesn't sound like it. But since it's since the information is so old, who mm-hmm. knows how well it was preserved? Yeah. What they even had to begin with? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, with the fire, I feel like that could have taken mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. And that's where they couldn't even tell if some of the girls had been assaulted yeah. because they were so burned. Right. So then you're like, okay, well, that destroys DNA evidence. Yeah. You don't know how if you're going to miss somebody, even mm-hmm. if you catch some of the people involved. Right. But anyway, I didn't think this was going to be as unsettling of a story as it ended up being as I read about it. So it kept me up at night, but do you think it's going to keep up? Keep you up at night? Will you still be able to sleep at night? Because you keep up with me? No. Will it keep up with you at night? (laughs) Um, I think that these types of stories are just reminders that these horrific things can happen anywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is terrifying in Mm -hmm. itself. Um, And it it makes me feel unsafe Mm -hmm. in the environments that I work in. Mm -hmm. Even more so. And I work with... Large animals that could probably eat me. They definitely could. They, they definitely could. No, there's no probably. They could eat me. Yeah. So. Several of them. <laughs> so, way. I don't know. It just makes me, like, when I go to work, I'm now worried about the customers as well as all of the animals. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's weird. It's just for a while, I think I'll be more on edge. Like, what's that guy doing? Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm sorry. Okay. What's that person doing? Women can commit crimes, too. I'm so sorry. Yeah, absolutely and we can. non-binary individuals as well can also commit crimes. Anybody can I'm not going to gatekeep crime. crimes. Although I should gatekeep it from everybody. But... <laughs> can you gatekeep crime from everybody? From everyone so that there's just no... <gasps> if I'm a big enough, solved crime. If I'm a big enough girl boss, I can. <laughs> We've just solved crime. Yeah, I agree. We've solved the crime problem. Nobody can crime anymore. It's a, It's my thing. What are you going to do? Not do it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, what do you think? Uh, thank you for your story. Thank you for taking the time to read and write about it. It's a terrible tragedy. And I feel sorry for their families. I do too. And the one family lost two children. Yep. So. Yep. I can't even And imagine. friends. I mean, I'm sure, that, you know. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Yeah. I don't, I can't even imagine what that would be like. And I have no answers. 
Yeah. No answers. Uh, and this is less serious, but definitely understand why they closed the yogurt shop down. Yeah. No, I, but- I don't think I'd ever go get frozen yogurt again. No. I would be... It makes me more concerned to go, to, like, into stores. Is that weird? Close to closing. This is a story that should yeah, let you know you not to go. Yeah, you go in broad daylight. So close to closing and be rude like yeah. we are sometimes. Yeah. On a side mm-hmm. note, there's a... One of the cats has been eaten through the bread bag. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I did see that, and I did still make myself a peanut butter. Well, I figured it's from the lunch. back, so it's until we get to the back bread. Yeah, until we get to the butt of the bread. Nobody eats that anyway. No one eats the butt of the bread. No, if you eat the butt of the bread, let us know. I did tonight. I ate a heel. Gross. But I made it into garlic bread, so it doesn't count. Still gross. It completely transforms the bread. Nobody. I throw those away. Why would you do that? It's give it to the birds. You're right. I should give it to the birds. Anyway, thank you for your story. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Winnie's resources will be uh, on our website, bugandarug.podbean.com. Yep. You can check out photos on Facebook. It's just Bug and Rug. You can also check those out on our Instagram or Twitter at BIR Podcast. Um, let us know if you've heard this one before. I think I briefly heard it a while ago, but I definitely didn't remember all the details. I just remember it being in a yogurt shop and, you know, there it was... So many victims and so young that it was like a shock. That's really all I remembered about it. Yeah. Hope everybody had a good New Year. Sorry to bring it down. Man, two sad ones in a row. I haven't done a sad one in a while, so I felt... We gotta... Okay, we're starting out the New Year with sad, so as we go on, we can, like, get happy again. Yeah. You know? Yep. I can't We can only go up from here. I'm your (laughs) anti-serotonin. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> wait <laughs> okay but then we talked about the butt the butt bread and to try and yeah i don't get back up listen i i mean it perks it back up but i don't think it really goes over you know i don't i hope that just us talking about butt bread doesn't make you forget the rest of the story no because it's important it's important to learn about those girls so anyway I think we should leave now. <laughs> I think it's time to go. Signing off. I'm Caitlin. I'm Whitney. And bye. Sleep tight.